0: Be sure to visit Aaron on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Like and share your favorite episodes, which are now available on all podcast platforms, including the Charisma Podcast Network. And consider becoming a financial partner by supporting this ministry. Visit AaronRios.com for more details. You got to get your eyes on the giant and on the real threat. Sometimes we're focused on the masses, and the real threat is just one singular giant in the middle standing on a platform. Many people have been charged over the last couple of years, I've specifically noticed, to release these great prophetic declarations and decrees, but rarely are we charged to deliver great prophetic actions. Welcome to Press On with Aaron Rios, lead pastor of Garden City Church, located in Beverly, Massachusetts. We pray that you are enriched, challenged, and inspired to press on towards the cause of Christ. Today, I want to challenge you to step off of the hilltop and face your giant in the valley. What's happening in 1 Samuel chapter 17? Well, we get the image that there are two armies assembled on hilltops. Who are the armies? Well, it's the army of Israel versus the Philistine army. This isn't a new story. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit, when he leads you to passages of scripture that maybe you've heard countless times, that as you begin to dig in, God has... a way of mining all new truths all new revelations things maybe you didn't see before it's not adding to God's Word it's extracting the wealth of truth that's already in there and recently while speaking to a friend of mine who's been dealing with opposing voices my mind began to drift just a little bit and I began to relive this story I was listening to him it wasn't that I fell asleep on him but I began to, to hear the story of David and Goliath in a whole new way a way that's relevant not just for what my friend was talking about but I believe it's relevant for you and me because we're living in a season of many loud opposing voices standing on hilltops making bold declarations let's get into this it's amazing how Israel cowered in fear the words of the giant despite the sword and the shield that the giant carried the greatest weapon that Goliath had was actually his mouth His mouth delivered the arrows and the stones of words that inflicted greater damage than the military behind Goliath. Did you ever find it strange that Israel seemed to fear Goliath more than the army that backed him? You got to get your eyes on the giant and on the real threat. Sometimes we're focused on the masses, and the real threat is just one singular giant in the middle standing on a platform. Many people have been charged over the last couple of years, I've specifically noticed, to release these great prophetic declarations and decrees. But rarely are we charged to deliver great prophetic action. God is beginning to to require action behind the prophetic decrees. God is beginning to require from his people true action. It's no longer enough to stand on hilltops with large prophetic decrees and prophetic declarations. And as I began to consider this story, I thought I need to begin to be cautious when my life is filled solely with decrees and declarations, but fail to demonstrate any kind of actions. Because I believe all of those powerful words that maybe you've received from podcasts or those powerful words that you received from the conference or from the the Holy Ghost night, all of those powerful words, somebody laid hands on you, anointed you with oil and began to speak into your life. But I wonder if the actions that followed after the releasing of those words demonstrate whether or not you're truly a person of faith. Do you truly believe God has spoken into your life is what I'm trying to say. So if you consider the story of David and Goliath, it would seem that Goliath was ready for war, but he was amused and almost satisfied with merely the taunting. This is what giants do. We're all familiar with giants, those loud boisterous uh, voices that are gonna speak intimidating words. They want attention. They stand on hilltops. Hilltops magnify the presence of giants. Oh, giants are the ones that are loud and visible, but they're not satisfied with their stature. They're looking for a higher territory to make themselves look even bigger. Just think about what we have happening all around us in culture today. We've got giants everywhere. They're on social media. They're on TV. They're on the radio. Everywhere you look. I was taking a walk through what prominent city just recently and I could see everywhere the signs the flags the lights of all of the Giants in our land that want to quiet down the people of God that want to make you feel overwhelmed intimidated leaving Pride Month I couldn't go anywhere without seeing a loud bold flag that represented something that is in opposition to what God's Word teaches. But it's so overwhelming, it might make you, if you are a believer, feel just a little small, feel a little overwhelmed, feel like this is too big for me. How am I going to make a difference? How am I going to make a dent in the darkness? Listen. Giants are always pursuing higher platforms. Let's talk about these platforms for just a minute. In 1 Samuel, it talks about these hilltops. It tells us this is where God's people assembled and this is where God's people could view the threat. Militarily, hilltops provide a better vantage. They give you a good viewpoint. It can show you the perhaps the territory you, you're looking to conquer. Um, perhaps you can scope out your threat. You can make your voice heard. You can sound the trumpet blast on the hilltop and make it loud for everyone to hear. But here's what I know about hilltops. You cannot linger on hilltops. You know why? Because you're liable to become a target on a hilltop. What's What's the hilltops? Hilltops are those momentary highs in your life. Maybe you left a great church service. Maybe you received an encouraging word. Uh, Hilltops are pauses in the noise or in the chaos. It's the moments of refreshment. It's the moment when you get a little bit of a higher ground and maybe you get a little bit of clarity in your perspective. Maybe it was a weekend retreat. But too many people try to live on hilltops. But hilltops are not intended to last forever. Some people are still trying to live off of the energy. They're still trying to live off the excitement of yesterday's hilltops but God is not calling you to hilltops God is calling us to mountaintops but you cannot neglect the valleys God calls us to valleys as well so it's from the hilltop that the enemy's voice also resonated. Never forget that the enemy's looking for higher ground too. Never forget the enemies happen to meet you hilltop to hilltop. Never forget that the enemy can also get vantage of what's happening in your life from the hilltops. So Israel essentially had one choice. I think they knew that, but what I don't think they realized is they had two options. What was their choice? Somebody needed to step up and battle the giant. Retreat was not an option. They only had one option. Somebody needs to deal with the loud, blasphemous, obnoxious giant. The question is, who? So here we go, the options. A, someone from within the camp, or B, somebody from outside of the camp. This has been a point of discussion before. That God's promises are yes, they're amen. God will have his way. His words will be fulfilled. The problem is, if we do not remain faithfully obedient, we may be the ones on the outside missing the blessing and the reward of the faithfulness. Listen, by Israel not stepping up, by somebody within those ranks not stepping up and facing the giant, they missed out on the reward. Enter the anointed shepherd boy. The anointing stepping in from outside of the camp because nobody inside the camp got the job done. The anointing was seemingly lacking from among God's people. But in order for God to get his job done, the anointing had to become available to God's people. Without the anointing, all you're gonna be able to do is spectate. Without the presence of the Holy Spirit, there will be some giants that you will not be able to topple. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 17, 21, coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, there was a boy that was demonized. Jesus said, these kind will only go out by prayer and by fasting. In other words there are some adversaries there are some demonic oppression and stronghold that you got to get down and dirty in order to get victory over those things. Some of you have been battling addiction for years. Some of you have been battling pornography. Some of you are facing marriage problems and crisis in your life and the only way you're going to experience victory is you're going to have to get serious about that victory. You're going to need the anointing to step in to break the yoke of bondage, to break the chains, to destroy the work of the evil one. So David, the anointed shepherd, it's interesting when he initially arrives, the first thing he does arriving on the scene is he provides food and sustenance for his brothers and he provides perspective for a nation. You find that later on in first Samuel 17, 26. Listen, if there's an obstacle right now that has you stuck, you need to contend and hold the line. If you feel like I'm not making advancement, the least you can do is camp out there. Don't retreat is what I'm trying to tell you, because as you hold the line, locate your Goliath, locate the source of the noise and the fear, command him to meet you in the valley. But don't act in any way until the anointing first settles in the camp and you'll be able to identify the anointing. You'll be able to identify the the right process. You'll be able to identify the means of combat. You'll be able to identify how to advance in that thing that's trying to resist you, that thing that's trying to block you. If you feel that way, wait, pause. The anointing is on its way, but you're going to have to hold the line until the empowerment from unhigh, the dudamus, come on somebody, until the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit arrives on the scene to energize you and to empower you to take down the giants. How do we know this? Like David, the anointed shepherd, the anointing is going to bring a sustenance and a courage into the camp. Your weapon against frustration and discouragement may likely come from those around you. They're going to come with fresh perspectives. If you're a leader and you're feeling worn out, maybe look to the camp around you or look for the messenger stepping in. God will get that thing done, and you could experience the benefit and the byproduct of holding the line. While David won a magnificent prize for taking down Goliath, The rest of Israel still benefited from the anointed shepherd boy stepping up. So there's benefit. There's benefit. Listen, maybe you're not called to the task. Maybe you're not the one God is raising up. Perhaps you are a David. Maybe you're not. But this is good news because not every battle you face is really meant for you to fight. Sometimes God will raise up the David in your midst to do it for you. So when David arrives on the scene, he begins to scope out what's occurring. And he calls Goliath by a particular derogatory phrase. It's a common phrase used towards the Philistines. He called him this uncircumcised Philistine. Uh, Who is this? Inferring through that phrase, this is somebody that's unclean. This is somebody that's carnal. This is somebody that's from outside of God's covenant. Who is this speaking to God's holy people like this? Like Goliath, you got to understand that your resistance is going to present with an arrogant, boastful behavior intending to stop advancement. In other words, sin, S-I-N. Listen, it could be a compromise. It could be addiction. The goal of most of the sins that want to entangle you and stop you from walking to the next level of promise, it wants to make you think that you cannot have victory over that in your life. God wants to deliver you from that sin. God wants to deliver healing into those relationships. God wants to position you in such a way that people will look and say, look what God is doing in that person's life. Oh, it's not about you saying, look, I'm so much better. I'm holier than thou. It's about you being able to look in the mirror and say, look what God is doing through me and in me. Surely this must be of God because this is not a work I could could have done on my own. What was David's strategy? Well, if you read the scripture, he really didn't have one. It's, it's amazing. He didn't rely on Saul's weapons. He didn't look to the military in place. He simply relied on his life experiences that he was equipped enough to handle the problems in the present. Now, look, Among his experiences, he had an experience uh, uh, that of an old wise man showing up one day, calling him from the field, pouring oil over his head. You see, David knew something that Goliath didn't know that emboldened him just a bit. In fact, he knew something Israel didn't know. Here's what it was. That giant was not coming against a shepherd boy. Oh, that giant was coming against the king in the making under the mantle of a humble shepherd. Listen, rest assured that God's weapons against the Goliaths in your life will never be calling you blow for blow. God's not calling you to shouting matches on hilltops. Israel did not need a giant in their midst stepping on the opposing hilltop, screaming back at a Goliath. Victory came when the anointing showed up, stepped front and center and began to operate in the life of this humble servant where? On the hilltop? No, in the valley. It is in the valley where they faced off. But victory only came by first engaging and then changing position. From hilltop to valley. Listen, God does not want spectators. He wants conquerors with slings. David stepped front and center and squared up against the large, loud, proud Philistine. The Philistine that stopped a nation. I'm so comforted that as you read through the Bible, most of the books in the Bible are named after just one person. See, all it takes is one All it takes is one stepping up. All it takes is one who has heard the word of God that's willing to move past just declarations and decrees and saying, I'm gonna put action by faith to those things which God has spoken. Too often, we resort to fighting fire with fire. God doesn't need giants on hilltops. God can use little boys in valleys just fine. It's interesting in Psalms 23, 4, David would later write, even though I walk through the valley, right? I don't fear anything. You're with me. And the language of including the rod and the staff, it's possible to be corrected and led, which is the primary actions of the rod and the staff of a shepherd. In the valley, some of you finding yourselves in the valley, you may find yourself in the valley as a means of correction. Maybe the Lord's directed you as a good shepherd into The valley. Oh, I want to touch on that in a moment. But like Goliath, David also had large words. David had powerful decrees and declarations, but he then stepped up to deliver. God is looking for shepherds who will step to the front of the line in order to empower their slings and stones, birthing action behind the declarations and decrees. Why? Because Goliath's boast, David's act. In contrasting myself with David and Goliath, I've never really contrasted myself against Goliath, but I wonder how many times I've been more like a Goliath. Large, arrogant, proud, boasting, but very little action. Content to remain on my hilltop, making decrees all that the church wouldn't be a Goliath. Making bold statements to audiences abroad. Perhaps God wants you entangling in the valley, getting off of the hilltops. So what is the valley well let me say that i think hilltops could be a foreshadowing of maybe what's to come i think the valley is what you must travail through in order to obtain victory too many of us don't want to be forged we, we, we don't like the process that takes place in the valley second corinthians 2 18 says but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. If the glories are the mountaintops, the twos are the valleys that we must traverse. We need valleys. The valleys bring transformation. The valleys forge. The valleys are always found between two mountaintops. What's on the mountaintop? Moses found God on the mountain. Elijah heard the voice of the Lord from the mountain. The mountains are moments, but they're never permanent habitations because everybody's always being sent from the mountain. And in order to get to the next glory, you've got to leave the mountaintop. Some of you are too scared to leave the mountaintop. Some of you are too scared to leave behind the experiences. Some of you have settled in mountains, but you're missing out on the journey of experiencing greater things that are still yet to come. The voice of the Lord would say, you've got to keep moving forward. Don't quit on the journey. Just because it looks safe, God is calling you to the next place. He's calling you to move by faith and by courage. Somebody needs to get up and start moving towards that thing that God has called you to it's on the hilltop that you may get a taste a foretaste of glory divine but you can't fight from the hills you have to get to the low places place of struggle place of entanglement to wrestle but David knew God would be with him because you need to hear this today. The God of the mountaintop is also the God of the valley. You need to take your giant out. You need to get off the hilltop and get into the valley. Call your giant to face you down. David, he didn't linger on the hilltop. He stepped into the valley of Elah. I want to tell you today, get off the high places, get off the high horse, get off the high platform that you think is so powerful. And why don't you allow God to prove how powerful he is in you. For some of us, the only way we're going to truly see a victory is by stepping into the valley. Don't be afraid of the valleys. Even though i walk through the valley, he is with you. He is with me. Get off the hilltop, get into the valley. With the thousands of threatening, intimidating voices online, TV, and everywhere you look, maybe you have a few in your circle, maybe a few around your dinner table. I want to encourage you to not become meek or intimidated simply because they appear to be a giant standing on a hilltop. You need to call your giant down to the valley. Despite the sword and shield, Goliath's greatest weapon was his mouth. Let that be a reminder to you that your your greatest adversary is not going to be physical harm. It's psychological. It's the words and the thoughts the enemy wants to implant into your life to make you feel worthless and powerless. Now, David had a tool. It was his sling. What, What about you? What's your sling? The sling was the vehicle or the tool that put the stone to flight. I mentioned that Goliath had arrows and stones, his words. Oh, listen your vehicle to cast your stones first of all what are your stones your stones can't be your words oh it wasn't even david's words david chose stones to demonstrate the faith your stones my stones that's god's word david's sling It was a weapon, but you understand that in that camp, David wasn't the only one with the weapons. The thing that made the difference with David was he had vision and David was a man at this point, a boy of faith. I want to tell you that your sling, your tool of delivering God's word with power is going to be faith. Where's your faith today? God is going to call you into circumstances that are going to require action either by contending to hold the line until the anointing settles in the camp or recognizing perhaps you are the David for the moment and you need to be stepping up. The decrees that God is releasing are promises of victory, but the actions involved in obtaining are gonna require the Davids with the slings. It's only when the anointing arrives, it is moving, is active, Front and center, that's only when the stones are going to fly with Holy Spirit empowerment capable of disbanding the opposition and toppling the giants. Anointing in action position front and center alone breaks the chains of bondage. Rest assured, God is calling his anointed saints into action this season. Uh, I've taught on the anointing before. Never mistake the anointing for the Holy Spirit. While the anointing can be evidence of the Holy Spirit, let's not confuse the two. The Holy Spirit isn't limited to simply the anointing, but the anointing is a byproduct of the Holy Spirit of God. The enablement, the power, the presence, the residue, the residual evidence that you've been with Jesus. Have you been with Jesus? So I'm going to close this here. Listen, so many people are under the oppressive spirit of resistance and discouragement and intimidation. Your strategy for overcoming in a season when it feels like you can't take hold of that thing for which Christ took hold of you, like Paul said in in Philippians. The greatest lesson we can find from David and Goliath is simply this, Goliath never had a chance in the first place. we've confused these stories we've we've said david versus goliath or the story of david and goliath i want to propose to you it was never david versus goliath it was goliath versus the god of the armies of israel operating through david hallelujah yeah What a reminder that that thing that's trying to come against you, to bring you down, oh, it's not coming against you. It's coming against your God, and nothing can stand against God. Nothing that tries to oppose you when you are centered and grounded in Christ will ever be able to overtake you. Some of you need to step up to the front of the line and let God demonstrate His deliverance power. Let God demonstrate His might and His mighty hand. When you step up to your giant you are setting the stage for god to move the enemy knows if you step up to him god will deliver so he wants to keep you at bay it's time that the church of jesus christ rises up and steps to the front of the line so we can see a demonstration of the power the presence and the anointing of almighty god hallelujah so god is calling you and me into the valley The valley is where you will face the giant. Oh, don't shun the valleys. The valleys are the humble places. The valleys are the low places. It's in the valley when the presence of God is most often demonstrated. If you need a victory, if you need the power to overcome, perhaps consider stepping into the valley. Your lowest points. Oh, they're often God's greatest places of demonstration. Don't be afraid to step into some of those areas in your life and contend where you thought you couldn't have victory. It's all right. Listen, step up to that addiction in Jesus name. Step up to that pornography in Jesus name. Step up to that relationship that you thought was beyond repair. Step up and say, God, I am holding the line. May the presence of almighty God enter in. What about you? I wanna call you to action this week. Believe in the decrees. Believe in the declarations that we find in God's word over your life. But the charge this week is when you step into the valley prepared for action. Believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that the God of the mountaintops will meet you in the valleys and bring about a victory. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. If today's message encouraged you to continue running the race, we invite you to share this message with others. Until next time, keep pressing on.